This is Rewired Radio with Erica Spiegelman, addiction and wellness specialist, motivational speaker, and author, helping individuals, couples, and families regain a sense of control, leading to personal growth, wellness, and a more fulfilling life. Here's Erica Spiegelman. Welcome, everyone. We have a great show for you today. And as as we all know, no matter what or how much we plan for in life, it, life certainly does fill us with some uncertainty, which can often evoke feelings of anxiety and depression. But what would happen if we embraced the uncertainty and looked at it in a different way? My guest today, Mel Schwartz, offers a revolutionary approach to living the life we choose. Shaped by Mel's work in quantum physics, Mel's going to be here and talk to us about how we can explore our addiction to the outdated notion of certainty and how that affects our lives. He'll also share lessons from his recently released book, The Possibility Principle, How Quantum Physics Can Improve the Way You Think, Live, and Love. Welcome to the show, Mel. I'm so grateful that you're here with me today. It's great being with you, Erica. Yeah, so, I mean, quantum physics, the word, those two words, I mean, them in the, in the you know, we've been hearing about quantum physics for years, but to really marry this in um, a book that is about love and life and the way we think is is very special. And, and I'm really excited to talk to you about that today. Can you tell us a little bit about the book first and, and how this came to be and how it can help people? Sure. Happy to. Um, firstly, I'll begin by explaining to your listeners that I'm not a scientist. In mm-hmm. fact, I was a mediocre student at best in science. <laughs> okay. I, am a, I am a psychotherapist and a marriage counselor. But mm-hmm. reading about some of the principles of quantum physics changed my life and led me to write this book. Fantastic. The brief background of history mm-hmm. is 20 some odd years ago, I was going through a challenging uh, time in my life. I'd recently gotten divorced. I woke up one morning, um, not with my children in that morning, and went out for a bike ride. It was a beautiful, sunny day, and I experienced an anxiety attack. I turned around and drove home, and when I got to the house, I absentmindedly pulled the book off the shelf. It was called mm-hmm. The Turning Point by Fritjof Capra, a quantum mm-hmm. physicist. And mm-hmm. I started to read about these principles and how they were going to be impacting our culture and our thinking. About 10 or 15 minutes into the reading, I noticed that I was calm. The anxiety had retreated, and I was all full of connectedness. So I began to, to reflect what's going on here. Simply, the principles are this. Reality is thoroughly uncertain. We are taught to avoid uncertainty and to try to predict the future. That's what Newton taught us with determinism. Mm -hmm. But when we do that to excess, it creates anxiety. When we sit back and try to calculate and deliberate what's going to happen if I do this and that and try out our life, we're not in the flow of life. Right. Mm-hmm. I considered mm-hmm. that embracing uncertainty equals possibility. Mm-hmm. When our thoughts are no longer stuck in the certainty of what they are telling us are true, everything becomes possible. Potentials open up. Mm-hmm. The other principle is simply and counterintuitively that the universe, reality, is completely inseparable. It is as one. Just like the mystical traditions and religions have always told us, now science is proving that. So I thought, what does that mean in my life and in my work? When we first met and fell in love, we felt a sense of oneness, inseparability, Mm -hmm. 
separability mm-hmm. leads to compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. But over time, we retreat to these notions of being separate. We become the cogs in Newton's machine-like universe, which teaches us that we're all separate and disconnected from each other, which I believe leads to epidemics of depression. Mm-hmm. So over the years and through my work with my clients, and I share many narratives in the book mm-hmm. about how we can use these principles to make our relationships thrive, overcome anxiety and depression, and to develop authentic self-esteem. That's, that's the purpose of the book, is a sharing of my learning and the breakthroughs that my clients have made by integrating a new way of thinking. I, I love that. And it sounds it sounds like the principles in, in quantum physics is is also a, a lot about reframing uh, the way that we look at things. I, I believe, especially, you know, treating people with addiction, that everything is in our minds, the way we look at our attachments, the way we look at our relationships, everything is, is so it's mental. So if we can learn to challenge those thoughts and narratives and and maybe the way that we used to look at things and try and uh, try and see it in a different light, it really can lift so much and release so much. Um, that, that keeps us sick and that keeps us uh, in, in really negative habits. Would you say that? A- absolutely, that that... absolutely true. And to mm-hmm. expand on that, I describe the difference between thought and thinking. Most often, typically, we have thoughts. We don't even know we have the thoughts. The thoughts are telling us the truth. Right. But they're Our making truth. up that truth. <laughs> right. Thinking, thinking, Erica, is the ability to see my thought. So there's a me that is aware and is Mm -hmm. formidable if I can see my thought. That's thinking. You know, the most impactful relationship you will ever have isn't with your parents, your children, your spouse, your friends. The relationship that will impact you more than any other relationship is with your thoughts. So we need to learn how to become the master of our thinking. Absolutely. And, and doesn't that come with building the muscle? I mean, I, I know I know it's not easy for somebody to come out of a divorce or a sickness or an addiction or whatever is going on in their lives and all of a sudden, you know, apply a new way of thinking immediately. It does take it does take effort. It takes mindfulness, I believe. Um, but I want people to, to know that and, and hopefully you could speak to this, that with practice, with intention, with awareness, um, you really can. And, and I think it does become easier to kind of see your thoughts clearly versus just the subconscious thoughts going, going, going all day long. I, I've, I've developed approaches and techniques with the people I work with okay. um, mm-hmm. to make it easy, actually. You know, mm-hmm. when we say it sounds hard to do or it's hard to do, that's mm-hmm. thought operating. We're having a thought. Is telling us it's hard to do. Well, mm-hmm. it would be hard to have learned to speak English if we weren't taught how. The problem mm-hmm. here is that no one ever taught us how to do it. I maintain it requires, it simply requires intention and willfulness, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't come at this in an ethereal or a new age way. I come at this from a very practical way where it is a muscle memory. I think you referred to memory. Yeah. or to muscle, mm-hmm. it's developing, it's like hearing a knock on the door. If you hear a knock on the door, you can decide whether to answer the door or not. So I teach mm-hmm. my reader how to hear thought knocking on the door. And then mm-hmm. you get to decide whether you want to become that thought. You see, mm-hmm. change requires 
that I engage the space between the thoughts. In the mm-hmm. nanosecond, before I have my next thought, I'm in a state of pure potential. But if I keep having the same old thoughts, which summon up the same old feelings, I never get to access the change. So it, mm-hmm. it is teachable. It is learnable. It's not that hard. It just requires the will to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And so if somebody is dealing with anxiety and dealing with, um, you know, some things that they can't drop, can't let go, that's the theme I've been hearing all week. You know, I run a center, so that's been a theme I keep hearing. I can't let go. I can't let go of anger. I can't let go of frustration and resentment and all these things. It's just, isn't it a matter of of self-love, self-care, self-compassion, recognizing the red flags of what's not good for you in life and what narratives aren't serving you. Um, do you speak to, to speak to your clients about this, about the narrative as well? If, if there's, let's a childhood trauma, let's say, or a trauma in a marriage or something. And that is, um, the like foremost thought, which is that, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'll never find love again. You know, those kinds of narratives. H- how do we begin to change that so that we don't sit in the anxiety of the thoughts? Well, the first thing is we look at the belief we have. Uh-huh. A belief that I'm not good enough. Well, we we look at that and say, well, how did you come to that belief? So we start to demystify it. Well, I worked with a woman who recalled that when she was eight years old, her mother told her that her pregnancy with her was unwanted. It was an accident. Mm-hmm. She grew up with the belief of I'm not loved, I'm not good enough. Right. We can understand how she came to that belief. Sure. Now that thought, I'm not good enough, will reappear in her life tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times. I taught her to see the thought and not become the thought. We understand why she had the thought. See, Mm -hmm. we're able to create a defining moment when we can break free of the old beliefs and old thoughts and say, well, that's who I thought I was, but I don't have to be that person. We can break out of victimhood by learning to develop a mastery of thinking. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. anxiety, as you talked about, and addiction, they go together. What is yeah. anxiety? If we demystify anxiety, anxiety is an addiction to fearful thoughts. And mm-hmm. in particular, it's an addiction to seeking certainty, fear of making a mistake, fear that I'm not good enough. Those fears are beliefs embedded inside of thoughts. We can unravel them and set ourselves free. I teach the reader actually how to do that, um, using, again, principles from quantum physics. Because physics describes this flowing, um, bubbling, reality-making universe in which nothing is ever static. But the problem is our thought becomes static, and that's where we get stuck. So when we re-envision how reality operates, we can hop on that magic carpet ride of of change once we learn to embrace the unknown and the uncertain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I, I really, I really like how you described anxiety as an addiction to fearful thoughts. And um, can you expand a little bit further on, on the addiction to certainty? Is that what you said too? Is it, is it that we, that we want to have the crystal ball and, and, you know, there's a saying, as you keep speaking, I keep hearing the saying pop in my mind. It's like uh, you make plans and God laughs, you know, it's like, I think, I think in, in, our world or society or what's going on in, in this in, in the state of the world at the moment it's it's I think people feel like they will be better off 
with a knowingness of what's going to happen when we, we cannot predict how a relationship is going to play out or whether, you know, a pregnancy will happen or whether you can kick this addiction this, this month. I mean, you know, we could try, but we can't put all of our cards into, you know, an outcome when we don't know that outcome is going to actually and transpire. You, and you see, what we call an outcome is really a snapshot of a moment okay. in time. So mm-hmm. let's look at uncertainty. Oscar yeah. Wilde said uncertainty is the essence of romance. Well, if you think about it, there's a lot of truth to that. For anyone who has fallen in love, there was they were awash in uncertainty. And mm-hmm. there was so much wonder and adventure and awe. But no sooner do we secure the relationship than we move into predictability. And that's why passion dies and relationships become boring. The move into the uncertain frees us to engage the flow of life. I created a, a metaphor in my work in, in the book. I was working with a man who was terrified around uncertainty. How would his review at work go? Would his presentation be good? Even mm-hmm. though he was in a good marriage, he had a fear of will his life, wife always love? He was mired in anxiety. So I created this mind image with him. I told him to close his eyes and imagine that we were by the bank of a river. And the river metaphorically represented the flow of life. And I asked him to come into the river with me and join in the current of life. So he closed his eyes, and I asked him, what was he seeing? He said, well, Mel, I got into the river with you, but there's a boulder in the middle of the river, and I've grabbed a hold of it. And I asked him, why? He said, well, the river is bending to the right, and I can't see where it's going. I need to know where it's going. That would be the future. And I said to him, no, we can't know where it's going. But we have to get in the flow, in the current of life. We're free to navigate as we go along. We're not victims. But if you don't engage in the flow of life, we're not living life. That's where fear comes from. It comes Mm -hmm. from, I need to know. Well, it's unknowable. Mm -hmm. Right. So we can release the fear when we embrace uncertainty. All we have to do is change our relationship with uncertainty. Instead of Mm -hmm. fearing it, we need to accept it and invite it in. It puts wind in our sails. Yeah, yeah. And and I feel like once we do accept uncertainty, I think more freedom comes and the things that I think maybe you want the most will come as well because then you're not, uh, you know, it's almost like the the law of attraction. We're not propelling things. We're actually inviting things in more. Uh, This is my second career. I had been in business for quite a while. And I had an epiphany one day and thought it just wasn't fulfilling enough. I was making good income, but I wasn't feeling joyful. And I decided to make a big career transition in midlife, full of risk. Mm-hmm. And if I had fear of the uncertain, which is I didn't know how it all worked out, I would have been destined to live a life with a lot less fulfillment and joy than I'm experiencing. I trusted that it will all work out, and there will be bumps, and I'll navigate them. That's mm-hmm. a new game plan for living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and it probably helps with stress and disease and all these other things. So, I mean, can you also tell us what the what the positives are of embracing uncertainty physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Well, spiritually, embracing uncertainty and embracing inseparability provide mm-hmm. meaning and purpose to us. Um, mm-hmm. We're not, again, like those hapless cogs in Newton's machine. Because mm-hmm. everything I think or do or don't do 
impact everywhere mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. inseparability. Through uncertainty, I'm no longer a fixed object. You know, the question, who am I? Everyone mm-hmm. asks that question. Yeah. Many people do. I wrote an article, Who Am I, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And in the article, I said, who am I is the wrong question because it requires a fixed, specific answer. i rather ask, how would I like to experience my life? See, that has yeah. movement. It's flowing. Yeah. So that's essential for our development and growth and emergence in what it means to be human. Right. And it also, it also when you said that, it, it makes me feel like I have a choice. How do I want to experience my life? Those are made up of my choices. Much more empowering than who am I? You know, I mean, that seems so bleak almost. (laughs) Exactly. And so for the people that you mentioned who you work with who may feel like Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough, that's an answer to who am I? Forget Mm -hmm. that question. The question is, how would you like to experience your life? I'd like to experience it as though I am good enough. See, that's the movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so to to move towards different thoughts and, and empower ourselves, really, are there any other changes we need to make in our lives? Not only just, you know, obviously identifying the pause, building the muscle of, of recognizing the thoughts, but is there anything else that you would recommend in terms of like, you know, getting rid of toxic relationships or a bit of better physical health. Well, I mean, is, is there any, cause I mean, we're such a, th- you know, mind, body, spirit, everything is in inner connected so not only is it interconnected i argue in my book that there's no mind-body connection because there's no separation you see Uh if there's no separation the word connection makes no sense right right we're all one right it's all one it it is as one so there is there is no distinction there but Mm -hmm. one thought that comes to mind and there are many chapters in the book about different approaches yeah. Our notion of self-esteem and vulnerability is completely in reverse. We're taught as a culture, and maybe more so for men than women, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to not be vulnerable, to act strong and not show your vulnerability. That mm-hmm. betrays your own self. You see, if you're acting strong, that's acting. Mm-hmm. Again, to embrace, to embrace the vulnerability, my insecurity, my fear, my doubt, not hide from it means that I'm not going to worry about what you think of me. I'm going to be true to me. Authentic self-esteem requires that I won't camouflage or betray myself because I'm concerned about what you might think of me. As a culture, Mm -hmm. this is a huge problem. Most people alter or camouflage or shift themselves to get approval or to avoid disapproval. I call that other esteem. Mm -hmm. Authentic self-esteem is, I hope you like me. I care how you feel, but I'm Mm -hmm. going to be genuine and true to me. Mm -hmm. And if we proceed in life that way and taught our children how to operate that way, Mm -hmm. it would be a whole different world. Oh, I agree. Amen. Yeah. I I, I wrote a book called Rewired and, you know, the first chapter is authenticity and and learning how to recognize when we are wearing the masks and take off the masks and, you know, basically to to the parallel kind of uh, thought process. Um, And I think it's very hard for people to see because I I, I don't know, I feel like, you know, some people are taught to morph and change and be chameleons depending on uh, what it is they need to 
I quote unquote get in life or uh, obtain in life, whether that's a job or a person or relationship. Um, so they, they kind of read what the other person wants and it, it's such a subconscious thing, you know, that again, it's like we have to push people to develop the awareness so that they could see that that's going on. Cause I really feel like some of my clients don't, don't even recognize that until it's pointed out to them. So I, I teach my clients and my readers how to understand, again, how they came to those core beliefs, often in childhood. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they were coping mechanisms that helped them deal with life's adversities. But decades later, they're no longer coping mechanisms. It's like a suit of armor that we mm-hmm. climbed around with. Right. And, you know, when you hear people speak about, well, I do this because I don't want them to judge me. I move into that, and I might say, you know, the only person that can judge me works in the courthouse and wears long black robes. <laughs> Everyone else are just people like me and they have opinions. If you're right. going to elevate someone's opinion to a judgment, you've done that. You've taken your right. power and conferred it upon them. Don't make right. them your judge. You're judging yourself. Right. And self-critical mm-hmm. judgmental thoughts are at the core of our own state of disharmony. Totally. Remember, mm-hmm. your thoughts need to be your best ally, not your mm-hmm. antagonist. So again, right. learning to see your thoughts and developing a mastery of thinking can allow you to have a healthy relationship with your own self. Absolutely. If, if in the we, world if we mm-hmm. if we taught this in school, it would be an entirely different experience. You see, if we taught emotional intelligence, if we taught mm-hmm. mastering of thinking um, many of the things you and I are talking about, we wouldn't be struggling as we do. The problem is that we're victims because we weren't educated. It wasn't a priority. Mm, I, I know. I know. I really I wish more than anything that these, these things were taught in schools. Um, there's there's some schools out there called the mindfulness schools, and they're, there's a couple There's in California. There's one in Los Angeles and Oakland, California, and, and they, they are kind of taking this approach, but they're, it's a very, you know, small community versus what, what we could do out there. Um, but I, yeah, there's a lot more we can do. Yes, there is a lot more we could do. And, and do you think if kids did learn this at a younger age, uh, that, that they would, this wouldn't ever develop, or do you feel like this would develop less and less and less, or, you, you know, is it when our brains are developing at those ages that we're so susceptible to criticism and, you know, um, self-doubt and all those I, things. I think that if there was actually coursework, and I teach parents these approaches mm-hmm. as well. So if mm-hmm. there's intervention early in life, either by well-informed parents or schools, then I think that disorders like anxiety, depression, low self-esteem would be on the margins. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. experience an epidemic in this country. Mm-hmm. One out of two people will experience anxiety or depression. I don't believe in running around and treating it. I believe in asking, why? Why are we having this epidemic? And I think, again, it's due to the how we think reality should operate. We've been living by the wrong game plan. When mm-hmm. we start to reorient and invite a new game plan, embracing uncertainty, inseparability, that allows us to thrive and prosper in our lives, to become compassionate and empathic, and develop authentic self-esteem. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So one, one quick question, uh, you know, um, so if somebody has, um, anxiety around something that they can't control, something outside their control, a coworker, another person that, you know, did them wrong in some way, something, and, and they can't get over it or they can't stop that thought about how that person wronged them. What, what's your advice to someone out there that's, that's in those, is it, is it, you know, it, it's not one size fits all. So mm-hmm. it depends upon the circumstance. And sometimes I find it helpful with my clients to move to the worst case scenario. What are you really afraid of? And mm-hmm. if we imagine that that happens, often it's not as terrible as you think. Right. That's one technique. Mm-hmm. Another technique is reframing, mm-hmm. which is whatever it is you're so afraid about, why do you think you're focusing on it? Why mm-hmm. are you obsessing on it? Why mm-hmm. isn't it moves off to a smaller percentage of your attention? We're the mm-hmm. ones that are choosing to hyper-focus on it. Why? Mm-hmm. By doing that, we're avoiding something else. Well, the mm-hmm. question is, what is it we're avoiding? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's looking at your own life or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's I, great I think advice. All of, the, all of these challenges are amenable to progress and change once we have a shift of mind and we look mm-hmm. at all of this very differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I am so, so happy to have this conversation with you today. And I really hope that everybody um, f- get, goes out there and gets your book, uh, The Possibility Principle, How Quantum Physics Can Improve the Way You Think, Live, and Love. Mel, can you tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find the book, and Certainly. any websites that you want to give our audience? You can mm-hmm. find me at my website. It's M-E-L-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z dot com. The book mm-hmm. is on my website. It's on Amazon, Barnes Noble, anywhere you go. And I work in New York and Westport, Connecticut, but I also offer Skype sessions with people throughout the world. That's fantastic. That's so great. Well, I, I, I appreciate you being with me today. And, and one last question really quick, I, which I love to ask my, uh, my guest, is what, what inspires you today and what is it that you're learning? Uh, you know, I think that we're constantly growing and learning uh, throughout our lives or we're always hopefully challenging ourselves to evolve. What is it that now you are finding inspiration in? Well, what I'm contemplating now is I'm often asked the question, if this issue with uncertainty or seeking certainty has been true for so long, why is it getting worse? And I think that mm-hmm. that's due to the fact that there's so much information now, there's so much data that it compels us to calculate even more our decisions. And I believe in what I call intellectual intuition or synchronicity. Mm-hmm. I operate that way. It's being able to develop a deeper intuitive wisdom You know, analyzing and rationalizing is one way of knowing. It shouldn't be the only tool in our toolbox. So prospering through developing a deep, intuitive wisdom is a pathway that I've been on for years and I'm looking more deeply into. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's great. That's really great. Yeah, and the world is ever-changing. Everybody could find Mel at melschwartz.com. Thank you so much for being with me today. You're listening to Rewired Radio on Radio MD. I'm Erica Spiegelman. Thank you all for joining us, and stay well.